And what did Santa bring you, honey? Hey, this is Nate Hammond from Tonic Pop. Oh, it's forgotten. See, this is the second episode of the recording tonight, so this is where all the giggles are going to come out because it's getting late <laughs> and we're getting tired. But um, the last one was a bit more subdued in tone. We're just talking about uh, Quentin Tarantino, but that is probably going to be released after this one because I've got to hurry up and put this one out because we have, when we're recording this, we have five more days till Christmas. Yeah. Oh, so I've got to do some quick editing, get this out before Christmas because our topic of today is Christmas movies, our favorite five Christmas movies, but there's a twist to that. But first, let me introduce you to Luke, the red nose. <laughs> I don't know the fruit, the frosty Ormsby. I was trying to think of a rhyme with Ormsby because I'm running out of rhymes with Luke, and I'm just thinking frosty Ormsby. Yeah, it's close enough. So that Luke, end of my... <laughs> the, there's a thumbs down for Maria. Well, give me some help. I, I looked up rhymes with, and I've run out of them. I've used them all, and none of them, or the ones I haven't used, don't apply. Luke the kook. <laughs> Let me use that one. We could use that for the Halloween one. I think we went uh, spook. Spook, yeah. yeah. yeah spook. Anyway, Luke, the the Yuletide <laughs> chair, <laughs> the fa la 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 la. Luke, the fa <laughs> fa la la la. Ormsby. Okay. Uh. All right. So, Mr. Luke Ormsby, are you ready to go over your Christmas movies? How are you feeling? Are you ready sure. for Christmas? Have you done any Christmas shopping though? Yes. Or are you going to be like ninety nine percent of men? <laughs> that's a stereotype anyway no I think I'm pretty much done me too me too I'm largely done for once in my life yeah, uh, like, yeah I'm actually feeling quite yeah. happy I haven't I didn't find exactly what I wanted for Maria yeah so I'm gonna have to make them from scratch oh wow yeah you know how to make a gimp suit <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding I'm kidding okay sorry uh, <laughs> our last podcast might have <laughs> yeah, yeah the Pulp Fiction one bring yeah, up no. the gimp um, so uh no, I think I've got, I think I've got it sorted. Otherwise, Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> um, you know where you you find Seven Eleven's got yeah, it. Yeah, Seven Eleven's got it all at all time, all hours of the day. All right, so it's almost Christmas, so we're going to talk about Christmas movies, our favorite Christmas movies. But there's a twist to that because we didn't want to do the old same old same old Christmas movies, but wanted to discuss the Christmas movies that are arguably. Christmas movies so they're not traditional Christmas movies but you find them being argued about as being Christmas movies or they are defined as Christmas movies um, fairly cut and dry but they are alternative in the way that they are told so they're not the simple sort of Santa Claus retelling or you know Santa Claus with a slight twist it's it's just it's not the jolly red man per se um, or, or even the nativity story per se it's just you know there's got to be a bit of a twist to it so it's it's a little bit of a loose definition what we're going for tonight, but I think you'll find that you're all going to completely agree with my list 100% without <laughs> argument. <sighs> no questions. No questions. No questions will be answered anyway. So <laughs> None give it are. a go. Give it a crack. All right. <sighs> Shall we do it? Is there, what, what have we got to say? Well, there's nothing to really lead up to except for that. Yeah, eh? true. Just straight into it? Or? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Be safe. Look after each other. All right, let's do it. Favorite five. Christmas, All but right. not Christmas. Not Christmas, Christmas movies. Not Christmas, Christmas. This one might be too Christmassy, my number five. Well, we're all quirky Christmas movies. Offbeat Christmas movies, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, if there's a miracle on 34th Street, you're out. Oh, dang it. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you ready? Right, let's do it. My number five. My number five is Gremlins. Oh, oh. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. Screeching voice, no blue snippers. I warned you, Brad! <laughs> That's my number five. Are you serious? <laughs> serious. 1984's Gremlins. That is my number five. Like I, said, I didn't think we uh, Maria bet that we she would was... not have any crossovers. 
first one. But the first one, we're already crossed over and it's the first one. So, yes. Oh, man. Christmas present. That's crazy. Why is it a Christmas movie? It's Christmas, a Christmas present, a cuddly cute gift. He is a Christmas present, isn't he? He is he? a Christmas, Christmas present. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. uh, yep. I remember loving it. Although it was a little bit scary when I was younger. Yeah. So I still liked it. Yeah. No, there was a little, there was a few horror elements. Um, yeah. And only the way that 80s sort of children's movies could yeah. do, they could play so sort of horror. You know, like if you think of like Labyrinth and you think of yeah. um, Dark Crystal and even Goonies, you know, they all got this sort of little bit of little bits of horror yep. elements. And this was no different. Yeah, the Gremlins. Um, interesting. They were, oh, I'll see, I'll see if I can find that. Um, they were going to release it at Christmas time. Did you read this? Oh, when did they release it? I can't remember. I thought it was okay. Christmas time. Let me just I was just assuming. I can't remember that far back. I was alive. I was a child. <laughs> yeah, what year was it? 84, eh? Yes, 84. Um, okay, I was so. nine. Depending when it came out. And hear my cat meowing. I hope someone's fed her. It's well past in the time. See if you can find it. But I think to yeah. talk about why this is a Christmas movie, I think perhaps the best evidence that this is a Christmas movie is that the writer, Chris Columbus, said it was. And if he says so, then it is. Well, there you so, go. Yeah. So Chris, if, if I'm right, doesn't it like start out like the setting is like Christmas time, isn't it? And then oh, I no, think so. Oh, geez, it's been a while since I've seen it too. But yeah. uh, I mean, so he's like, going I think it's got a pretty Christmassy feeling at the start of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Christmas. Or it turns into well, Gremlins. Well, the Chris Columbus in his writing and directing, he loves to theme things around. He, he denies that he's a you know a holiday fanatic but a lot of oh, his yeah. films do have Christmas and holiday, sort of holiday themes. themes yeah so Chris Columbus wrote it um, he's no relation oh he might be possible relation to the genocidal maniac um, that killed all the Native Americans um, I'm not sure but he's gone on to write for and <laughs> and be involved with um, uh, he's actually written more traditional holiday films as well and so you know he knows he knows his Christmas He's just actually finished Netflix's. Netflix's? Hmm. Did I say it? <laughs> Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same God for me. That's the same Netflix's. Netflix. Yeah, anyway. Um, uh, the Christmas Chronicles 2. So he ah, wrote the. He uh, well, that. he's directed the sequel um, to the 2000 original, and he produced the original. He also directed home alone um, ah. which itself is not necessarily a traditional christmas film um so i might hold off on talking anymore about that for the time being <laughs> um but he apparently went to home alone after being dumped from working on another christmas movie which was national lampoon's christmas vacation so chris columbus he knows his christmas stuff he says gremlins is a christmas movie so anyone want to argue with me, you're going to have to take it up with the writer, Chris Columbus. <laughs> All right. Settled. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Settled. Yes. So I, Grim- I can't was- remember what it was, but they, I can't remember the movies that it was up against, but yep. they had, um, it was going to be released at Christmas, but mm-hmm. then they decided to release it during summer because, uh, is it Warner Brothers? Released it. Didn't have a big summer blockbuster to... Mm to um, compete with the other distributors. So they um, so they released it in summer instead of at Christmas. So there you go. Well, that, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, the middle of the year is the summer for, for, yeah, sorry. for the Americans. Yeah, it was uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. Oh, that came Ghostbusters. Out, okay. uh, oh, they right. came out in the summer. Of oh, 84. in the summer. Yeah, so that those so are the ones that they wanted to put them com- against. Oh, they wanted to compete against compete them. Compete with them, Why yeah. Why would you do that? I don't get it. Okay. Yeah, so they wanted to. They didn't have a big blockbuster, so they were like, "Well, let's release Gremlins to compete with Ghostbusters and Temple of Doom and Karate Kid." I think came out around then. Yeah, man, what a hell of a summer that was! And Top Secret, which we talked about. Wow, wow. Oh yeah, that's a killer summer list. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So Gremlins was the one that launched Chris Columbus's career. Uh, He says, in his own words, he says, the reason I am fascinated by Christmas is it is that time of year when people are at their most emotional and happiest, yet there's a whole other side of the population that's incredibly depressed, potentially out of work, particularly this year. Um, I guess when he was talking about it was back in the 80s. So you take that and you set it against the backdrop of back in the day, something like, actually, no, I don't know when he was talking about this. Maybe he was talking about 
he's talking about back in the day. So maybe he's talking about now near the GFC sort of time. Anyway, it doesn't matter when he said mm-hmm. it. But you take that out and you set it against the backdrop of back in the day, something like Gremlins, and that's an interesting stew to me. When people should be celebrating with their families, these ridiculously evil monsters are terrorizing the town and killing everyone. That is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so what a lovely Christmas story it was. A bunch of little <laughs> evil green monsters running around killing people. Yes. Wonderful. Yep. Anything to say about Gremlins? I think probably the most Christmassy scene, um, yet darkly Christmassy scene, I don't know if you remember this, was that part when, and and it was actually a part that the executives initially wanted to cut, but um, uh, Chris Columbus, he felt shy arguing about it. Yeah. But it was directed by John Dante, who had a bit of a, a good resume, and he was quite, you know, done a bit. And Steven Spielberg was producing it, and they had his back, and they went and said, no, you're not cutting this scene. We want it left in there. And so the executives backed down. But it was when Kate, um, played by Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. um, was, he's talking about how her father died. And yeah. a Santa comes down the chimney, chimney um, gag that went horribly, tragically wrong and ended up her dad ended up dying as a result of it it was christmas eve i was nine years old me and mom were were decorating the tree waiting for dad to come home from work a couple hours went by dad wasn't home mom called the office no answer Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. The police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. Firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. He'd been climbing down the chimney on Christmas Eve. His arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck. Died instantly. So mm-hmm. She retells a story in this dark sort of children's movie. And yeah, so the executive said, oh, that's a little bit too horrific. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. But yeah. The so worst know, holiday yeah. story ever. Worst <laughs> Christmas story <laughs> worst ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just reading that, actually. The Santa speech proved to be a controversial and studio executives insisted upon its removal. <laughs> Um, the set for Kingston Falls is the same one used for Back to the Future, 1985. Both oh, really? movies oh, cool. were filmed on the Universal Studios backlot. Yeah, so yeah, it was a good flick. It was a fun flick. Um, definitely a Christmas movie, but definitely an alternative Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, what's your number four? Number four. My number four is In Bruges. Oh, okay. All right. Hey-ho, drowning your sorrows, huh? What sorrows? You know, being a sad old ugly little man. One gay beer, please. How's your date go? My date involved two instances of extreme violence. One instance of me stealing five grams of a very high quality cocaine and one instance of me blinding a puffy little skinhead. So all in all, my even pretty much balanced out fine. You got five grams of coke? I got four grams on me and one gram in me, which is when my heart is going like the clappers as if I'm about to have a heart attack. So if I collapse any minute now, please remember to tell the doctors that it might have something to do with the coke. Give us a gram then. So didn't, didn't consider that a Christmas movie, but yeah. I guess it's set at set at the around that time. time and yeah. So that's kind of what I'm <laughs> going for. Yeah. Brilliant movie. It's yeah. um their cat. It's a cat. <laughs> Colin um, Farrell. Yeah. Brendan Gleason. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, so good. Mm. And Ralph Fiennes, Ray mm. Fiennes, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he's cool. He's, so good. <laughs> um, he's, he's horrible in, oh, man, horrible so in that horrible. movie, but yeah. so so good at it. Yeah. Like, oh. um, yeah. 
<laughs> so funny when he calls when he calls um on the phone you know like they're waiting for mm. his phone call and then Brendan Gleeson answers the phone and Colin Farrell's supposed to be there as well but he's already gone out and he's like oh yeah I'll, I'll tell him he's like is he there he's like oh he is yeah yeah he's here <laughs> he's like I'll tell him to go go down to the pub or something because he wants to talk to him <laughs> and he's like he's like oh yeah and he like pretends and he's like just set off down there. <laughs> he like acts it out and then uh comes back to the phone he's talking to me he, he's talking to him about um how, how do they like the place because you know he loves Bruges oh, yeah, yeah. and um because he's supposed to kill Colin, Colin Farrell's well yeah, he wants yeah. him to kill Colin, Colin yeah. Farrell's character and he's like so has he been he doesn't know that yet though and he thinks he's giving him a fairy tale ending to his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, And he's like, how is he liking Bruges? How's he liking Bruges? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure if it's his thing. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not his thing? And it he's like, been really nice. it's, a, it's a fairy tale effing place or something. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean he doesn't like it? Who wouldn't like it? And he's like, goes off about it. And he's like, oh, no, I think, uh, no, no. And when he, when he first got here, <laughs> it, it wasn't his thing. But once he got to see the sides, he makes up this whole thing yeah. about and then he said, uh, and he makes up this thing that he said, like, it's a magical place. And he's like, oh, I really said that, did he? And Brendan Gleeson's is like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, good. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, like some of the dialogue, uh, it's just really clever. Yeah. And um, like, it is a, it's a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a well-written movie. Oh, like, yeah, I, definitely. I think, yeah. And um, yeah, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson, they they superb the way they play, play the off against each other really yeah, yeah. yeah against mm. each other and then just the way it all you know ends with them and it's, yeah yeah it's yeah uh, sad but uh, it, yeah it's an interesting movie mm. like uh, the way it plays out I, I don't think it's what you kind of expect to happen not at all yeah um and not what would typically happen in one of those and because you don't know why they're there you don't know in the first no, place why yeah. they're there it takes a little bit to figure, figure out figure out <laughs> yeah and he like his character hates it like coming from was like so boring yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, he thinks it? he's there for some sort of mission or whatever and, yeah you know that like yeah because they're like it is a bit weird that they sent us here yeah it's like why couldn't they just send us like him name someplace oh no no they sent him there for not for a mission they're, oh because i'd done that that stuffed up or something and then yeah well because he get him away for a little bit choir boy that's right yeah yeah, yeah. which you don't find out straight away either mm. but then you see it in a flashback yeah yeah but um you know he, he's like he's a hitman mm. and he was sent to kill this priest mm. and he shot him and there was a kid behind kid him behind him yeah, yeah. yeah didn't see the kid and yeah. accidentally killed the kid as well yeah and and that element actually provided an opportunity to bring some heart into it as well so yeah. it wasn't just witty dialogue and banter and no yeah you know you actually felt for colin farrell because he's actually dealing with that dealing yeah. with it in a tor- turmoil yeah mm. Uh, because he, yeah he's a hitman but he's not heartless yeah you know and yeah. you get to see that so he sees so cool. like absolutely devastated mm-hmm. by the fact that he's accidentally yeah, killed yeah. this young kid yeah. all right uh, no yeah. i love brilliant that movie. movie yeah excellent brilliant movie all right um nice another sort of like a small in scope that relies on dialogue and just character interplay and i just yeah i do yeah. imagine it was done for could have been done for fairly slim budget um yeah. my number four is home alone I'm gonna kill that kid! Marth! Harry? Why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? I'm up here, you morons! Come and get me! <laughs> you guys give up? Oh, you're thirsty for more. <laughs> so um this nice. is always this is called a christmas movie without argument but when you think about it it really is it's not a traditional christmas movie in any way and it's uh yeah you know and well to read the synopsis straight from rt um when bratty eight-year-old kevin McAllister, played by macaulay culkin acts out the night before a family trip to paris his mother Catherine o'hara who was the quintessential sort of 80s uh, mum she played a lot of she she was often playing those sorts of parts mm. uh she makes him she just i don't know had, had the right look yeah she made him sleep in the attic and then the McAllisters mistakenly leave for the airport without kevin he awakens to an empty house assumes his wish to have no families come true but his excitement sours when he realizes that two con men played by joe pesci and daniel stern plan to rob the McAllister residence and that he alone must protect the family home and so just it's a brilliant setup and i don't like slapstick 
um, yeah. generally. But it's so you know, good. yeah, but not yeah. If it's if it's slapstick that's told and kind of it's done with like a kind of random chain of events style where it's just everything sort of haphazard and just you know random and I don't really like that sort of slapstick. I don't. Um, where where the characters are hapless and and you know just sort of no falling over themselves, no yeah. point to it, and they're just tripping over their own feet, that sort of thing. I don't like that. Can't stand it. In fact, but um, this is not accidental slapstick. It's no, sort of yeah. systematic, and everything is purposeful, and everything is deliberate. You know, and so he creates. Yeah. Um, that is Macaulay Culkin, or sorry, um, Kevin. Kevin creates slapstick moments because of his setups and then we get to laugh yeah. at the bad guys trying to have their you know do something bad yeah. but um yeah that's i mean colkin's done very little noteworthy since um but he was excellent i mean he played richie rich yeah 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 if that's no words he didn't really sort of fell off the wagon but had the same old child star you know issues um growing up after that but uh dealing with fame and you know probably parents trying to live vicariously through him and all that sort of stuff but mm. he was so good he was he was really he good. was really good yeah. yeah and a lot of those movies like oh he was in like uncle buck and like a bunch mm. of those you know as a kid yeah yeah he was, earlier he was good yeah. in all those yeah mm. so yeah i really did think after this where he got to play the lead you know he would blow up he was confident as a character and he was confident with the acting um yeah i'm really surprised he didn't just blow up after that um yeah. uh, besides what you wish uh, but <laughs> this is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. Not surprising. Yeah. yeah. Directed by John Hughes. Yeah. So the legendary John Hughes. And as a bit of trivia, some of the scenes, the main scenes were shot in the three-story house that was in the town where many of Hughes' previous films, like Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles, Plain Strands and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, had also been shot. So R.O.P. John Hughes, he was responsible for a lot of that and he kept it local and it was cool. Yeah. That's feel like a John Hughes movie when you mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my number four is Home Alone. Nice. You gonna talk about that later or you No, well I actually I didn't put that on my list because ah. I was I went for even more alternative. More alternative. I think. Okay. Yeah. That was probably the most so. Christmas. Actually I got one more that is actually mm, I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> say it. Now. Yeah, I won't say now. Yeah. Um all right, the, my next one might surprise. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, probably don't think of it, <clears throat> but it is actually about. It's. I guess the start of it is, but then it's kind of yeah. It's um, Life of Brian. <coughs> Are you? We are three wise men. What? We are three wise men. Well, what are you doing creeping around a cow's head at two o'clock in the morning? That doesn't sound very wise to me. We are astrologers. We have come from the east. Is this some kind of joke? We wish to praise the infant. We must pay homage to him. Homage? You all drunk? It's disgusting. Out! Come on, out! No, Bursting no. in here with tales about oriental fortune tellers. Come on, out! No, no, we must see him. Go and praise someone else's brat. God! We were led by a star. Led by a bottle of all I got out. Well, we must see him. We have brought presents. Out! Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Well, why didn't you say he's over there? Sorry the place is a bit of a mess. Well, what is myrrh anyway? It is a valuable bomb. A bomb? What are you giving him a bomb for? He might bite him. What? That's a dangerous animal. Quick, throw it in the trough. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's great feeling. No, 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 it is an ointment. Wow, there's an animal called a bomb. Or did I dream it? So you're astrologers, are you? Well, what is he then? Hmm? What star sign is he? Uh, Capricorn. Uh, Capricorn, eh? What are they like? He is the son of God, our Messiah, King of the Jews. That's Capricorn, is it? Uh, no, 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 that's just him. Oh, I was going to say, otherwise there'd be a lot of them. By what name are you calling him? Uh, Brian! We worship you, O Brian, who are Lord over us all. Praise unto you, Brian, and to the Lord our Father. Amen. You do a lot of this, then? What? This praising. No, 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 no. Uh, well, um, if you drop in by again, do pop in. <laughs> and thanks a lot for the gold and frankincense. Uh, but don't worry too much.
too much about the myrrh next time. All right? <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm trying to like. Yeah. Well, they were. You know, he's born the same day as Jesus. It's about Jesus' birth. Yeah. But then, uh, but then it does it obviously moves on to <laughs> to later in his life, yeah, which yeah. is more about when Christ. You know. Well, it's the whole sort of alternative retelling, like a side character, yeah. a character yeah. <laughs> on the sideline of Christ's life. Yeah. Gets taken up for in the, Yeah. All the time because he's born. Oh, that is so. Day. That's a classic. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's why I went for it. But then I was just thinking, like, oh, actually, the majority of, his, of the movie is that's later fun. on. So <laughs> that scene when they're calling them all through to their deaths and oh. rattling them off, uh, so and so. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I can't remember the names, but like. Crucifixion? Or for, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Ophelius? And then he's like, oh, no, no. They said I could go home. They said I was up. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, all right. Then off you get. Nah, just kidding. Crucifixion. <laughs> Crucifixion. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh man, he's like, oh, good one, oh, good one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. So okay, funny. okay, I can, yeah, I can buy that. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll we'll argue that one if anyone. Yeah, I've got you back on that one. Yeah. Right. Arthur Bryan is a Christmas <laughs> movie. Well, we consider Christ is Christmas. It's about Christ. Christ. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, how more? Monty Python. <laughs> wow, man, that's cool. Right. Um, yeah, uh, you know, an excuse to check Monty Python in there. Mm. Um, I did have a, I mean, yeah, uh, num- what am I, number three? <laughs> number three was probably because it's very, uh, you know, right, questionable Christmas movie. So that, wait, but, was that um, your number three? Was that your number four? Was that your number three? That's my number three. Oh, we're already up to number three. Yeah, number three. Oh, we're going fast with the Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do we need to slow down? Oh, no, 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 that's fine. Like, the last, we just did a, we just did a Quentin, so those that are listening, because you haven't heard the Quentin Tarantino one yet, but we went on with the Quentin Tarantino because, I don't know, we love Quentin Tarantino, but, um, yeah, but Monty, yeah. Pi- this Life of Brian was just, it was so brilliant. There so were, clever. yeah, there were in the, because it was a Monty Python entourage or ensemble yeah. and, you know, six characters, sorry, six cast, yeah, six cast members played 40 characters. 40 characters. Yeah insane that is insane yeah so um, uh, so many good i mean scenes like you know like when they're listening to the beatitudes and the the guys at the back can't hear probably because they're so far away and they're like mm. you know what did he say listen to the cheese makers <laughs> and all the stuff like they're misinterpreting <laughs> everything <laughs> and just uh so many so many good things um <laughs> but yeah uh, <clears throat> typical monty python yeah very clever yeah, that, that end scene, the Chris, when that guy turns down that. Just so. <laughs> oh, and that and classic ends song, on, man. That, that song is a classic. The Bright Side of Life. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. the original concept, Brian was supposed to be a 13th apostle, but he kept turning up late to everything and he kept oh. missing everything. <laughs> yeah. Which would have also been pretty hilarious. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny, like, you know, when there's all these people following him and he's like, he's just telling them to get lost. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, so many okay. Yep, I can buy that. Cool. So that's your number three. That's my number three. All right. So my number three <laughs> is okay. So um, this is not such a far stretch, but it is a magical movie, and Christmas is a magical time, and <laughs> it is one. It is a fantastical. Christmas has fantastical elements to it as well. When you think about. Santa and flying reindeer, so you could say, and he's got a long white beard, so you know, and a, and a, and a pointed hat, so you, you could almost say that Santa is a wizard. Um, and my my number three is <laughs> yes, like how I'm leading into this one. I think I'm setting it up well. Um, you know, he's got his elves, and you know, he's got his little like house elves, you could say. Um, <laughs> so yes. Um, my, my number three is you guessed it correctly, the long kiss goodnight. No, it's Harry Potter and the no, I'm kidding. It's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Too. I've got presents. 
Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is a Christmas movie. See, this was Harry's first proper Christmas. Nice. You know that I he, didn't think of that one. yeah, he yeah. he didn't have to stay with the Dursleys, the Scroogey, nasty, you know, so horrible, horrible <laughs> Dursleys, horrible and he got to have his first proper Christmas. And I liked it because it should have showed. And he was delivered this Christmas by friends. Um, you know, he'd lost his family, his true family. Uh, earlier in his life, when he was a baby, of course, when um, he who should not be named Voldemort um, killed his mum and dad and left them with a lightning scar on his head. So he lost his family, but his friends became his family and drew him in. And that's what Christmas is all about, right? Um, we got to, Maria and I and our family got to play at a Rosie's um, function last night, and they're an organization that bring together the marginalized, you know, uh, a couple times a week, once or twice a week. Um, they offer, you know, they bring sort of like a little food truck with just coffee and biscuits and that sort of stuff and then every once in a while some food and stuff and sausages and whatever and allow people who feel marginalized to sort of gather together and so this can be the homeless this can be low income um, just people on the outskirts and stuff and they come together and they feel each other's company because loneliness is, the, is a disease and i think we've got that with harry potter he was a real lonely kid made mm. to sleep under the stairs and for the first time in his life, he got to experience a real Christmas because of friends reaching out to him. So uh, I think that's what made this a real, you know, Christmas movie for me because it, it, it used that spirit of Christmas really well. So yeah, Harry Potter, magic, Christmas, magic, makes sense. Get yep. snow as well, which is of course the quintessentially Christmas, Christmas thing. thing. Yeah, thanks to even over here. Santa's Origins. And yeah, even over here. That, well, thanks to Santa's Origins and... yeah. Coca-Cola. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's a Christmas film. And it's, it's a Chris Columbus film as well. Another Chris Columbus. Oh. Wow. Wait. Yeah, that's three Chris Columbus films in a row. I didn't... I just... Because it was Gremlins, which yeah. was written by Chris Columbus. Home Alone, which was directed by Chris Columbus. And this is directed by Chris Columbus too. That was uh, accidental, but there we go. It was John Hughes... Yeah, what I meant sorry. to say... Yeah, yeah. No, so, so what I meant to say, sorry, and I, I mixed it up a little bit, wasn't... Home Alone wasn't directed by John Hughes. It was written by John Hughes mm. and Hughes. directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah. So there we go. The three Chris Columbus movies. The three Chris oh. Columbus movies. Yeah. You're a was, fan of That Chris was like, well, without even knowing. <laughs> that was accidental, but yeah. There we go. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So yeah, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Not the Sorcerer's Stone. Not dumbing it down for American audiences. Um, <laughs> Is that what they called it? Yeah. You know, yeah. So in America, they called it. Um, why was that? That was, I think it was Scholastic. The book company they wanted, they said um, there's something about it not being overtly magical enough. The term philosopher, philosopher, and it would go over the heads of the American children. So yeah, it was not about. Yeah. I don't think it's indicating they're dumb or anything. It's just no. that they they well, would they probably be more in tune yeah. with yeah the idea of a sorcerer being magical than a philosopher being magical. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't. That's what I love about J.K. Rowling is she actually doesn't dumb down. Mm. Um, things and in her writing she'll pop in these words that even adults may not know and you'll have to go and look them up but you know you get because we all read uh, and gather information in context when we're reading we can have yeah. those odd words you know big words and you know, she does it she doesn't dumb things down I like it so yeah yeah anyway Harry Potter nice. and the Philosopher's Stone that's my number three cool alright what's your number two my number two my number two is a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yeah, man. You think that's funny, huh? I'm gonna break your nose now. Okay. Oh. I want you to picture a bullet inside your head. Can you do that for me? Anyway, that's ambiguous. Ambiguous? No, I don't think so. No, I think he means that when you say picture it inside your head, okay, is that a bullet will be inside your head or picture it in your head? Like Harry, Harry, shut up. He's got Look, a point. I don't know anything about a girl, seriously. I was bluffing. You know what? I think that you are bluffing right now. Harry, what are you doing? Well, what I'm doing for the guy who likes to bluff, is I'm playing a little game called Am I Bluffing? Huh? Where is she? Harry. You wanna play hardball? I can do that. Where is the girl? What did you just do? I just I put in one bullet, didn't I? I you put, put a one. live round in that gun. Oh well, yeah, there was like an 8% chance. Eight percent. Wasn't it just 8? 8? Yeah. Who taught you math? I don't... Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, 
Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, Shane Black, a Shane Black movie. He likes to base things around Christmas, or Shane yeah, Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> but it's just, again, a clever movie. Uh, I love the, the script and the, um, the dialogue. Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer play off each other so well. So yeah, funny definitely. together. Okay, so just a short uh, synopsis. So a petty thief posing as an actor is brought to Los Angeles for an unlikely audition who finds himself in the middle of a murder investigation along with high school, his high school sweetheart and detective who's, who's been training him, uh, who is training him for his upcoming role that he's just landed. Mm. So he's a, he's, he's a, th- what happens is like he's a thief who is running from the cops and stumbles upon an audition, mm. accidentally gets the role. Yeah. And then they team him up with a team him up with detective to like Val Kilmer, coach. who's yeah. a private eye. Yep. To learn how to play the role, yeah. <laughs> so then he basically, so Robert Downey Jr.'s character basically is pretending to be a private eye, who's pretending to be an actor who's actually a thief. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get entangled in this uh, <clears throat> like murder plot, and that um, it kind of it's an interesting like plot the way it all unravels and yeah. keeps you kind of kind of guessing as to what is actually going on. Um, and they think they figured it out, but then they haven't actually figured it out. And then you find out, yeah, it's, it's well written. It is. And it's, I like it. It's rewatchable as well. And yeah. Shane Black is really good at writing, um, and directing, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, allowing actors to just flow freely between and play off each other. Yeah. And this is what happens with Robert Downey and Val Kilmer, which is why we brought it up the other week with one of our with our Val Kilmer list yeah. yeah he must allow uh, for them to kind of just play off each other mm. I think in in all his movies you could, it's just too organic to be all scripted yeah. like um, yeah yeah they must uh, must allow them for a, a bit of improvisation mm. Um, mm. which is I think why it works so well it's definitely so clever yeah so alright um, I'll let our audience argue whether that is a Christmas movie or not but it was definitely set. It was set at Christmas time. Christmas time. Um, so, <laughs> and you've got those Christmas themes in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely uh, Santa hats and there was Santa uh, hats. The Christmas parties involved. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, Shane, <laughs> Shane Black actually does like the Christmas theme, so yeah. he's yeah, um, he's not a stranger to using that. All right. Yeah. Definitely. So, my number two. Are you ready for number two? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. My number two which is Luke's number one, is Die Hard. <laughs> Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going... My number two is Die Hard. Okay, so Die Hard, which was really Bruce Willis's breakthrough action man movie. Mm. Uh, so he, you know, he was on Moonlighting before that, and he'd done a couple little sort of a couple movies that were not blockbuster hits but Die Hard was just that big bold blockbuster action movie that really sort of reset the action genre and you know it became a new standard Mm -hmm. smart quick paced just allowing the uh, the good guy and the bad guy to play off against each other even though you know even with with dialogue even though they weren't in the same room um, you know and so it, it was just great and it was a Christmas movie it was set around Christmas time and he used there was Christmas language used yo yeah ho 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 murder falter um yeah so <laughs> but the, you know that sort of stuff so it was very much you know wearing Christmas hats it was a Christmas party that was uh busted up by the terrorists and, and taken over so all these sorts of things he but he was um delivering a Christmas present or you know, John McCain was had a Christmas present that he had bought for his child all these sorts of things it was definitely a Christmas movie let's not argue let's not argue guys come on yeah. definitely a Christmas movie totally. so yeah um, basically it's what you get when you sort of mix up action movie with a holiday movie um, and a um, tank top um, I got an interesting fact about that yeah they had uh, the costume department had 17 undershirts segments whatever yeah um in various stages of degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Just kept changing singlets, but yeah. making sure. Have to watch. I bet there's, the continuity must be pretty poor. They got it like all looking the same. I don't or, wonder, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. Um, but yeah, this was uh, John 
McTiernan, who we've talked about before. Yep. Uh, great action director. And yeah, it was definitely, I don't know, what do you want? Skyscraper, bad guys, terrorists, John McCain, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Uh, I just said RIP to Alan Rickman in the I Harry Potter him, one. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of um, cool segues between my lists tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Columbus and then, um, yeah, and and, and uh, Alan Rickman. But yeah, um, so a few things about Die Hard. I had actually was based on a book, believe it or not. So it wasn't just um, a fresh script, um, brand new spanking script in and of itself. It was based on Roderick Thorpe's 1979 crime novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, which in itself was inspired by the 1974 film, The Towering Inferno. So after seeing the film, Thorpe said he dreamt about a man who was being chased through a skyscraper by a group of men with guns. Um, apparently Frank Sinatra actually got first dibs on playing John McClane. Really? Believe that or not, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm glad he turned it down. But yeah, he was definitely too old for it. I was going to say, how old would he have been? He would have been 70 something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I that don't know. That would have been why. a totally different movie. Yeah. <clears throat> but he had starred in the big screen adaption of The Detective, which was a sequel to the book that I was just talking about. So ah, okay. I saw it as a fitting role. Yeah. 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 The uh, Nakatomi Plaza, where it takes place, mm. or fictional Nakatomi Plaza, uh, is the headquarters of 20th, 20th Century Fox. Oh really? Yeah, and at the time it was being, it was then unfinished, an unfinished building, which is why it's all like it is. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, partially empty and stuff. Hmm. Um, so the company charged itself rent for the use of the then <laughs> unfinished building. <laughs> all right. And now Disney owns Fox, so yeah. Hmm. <laughs> there we go. Wow. But yeah, I definitely <clears throat> think it's a Christmas movie, and I know it's, yeah. it's argued, but it's argued about and fun. Yeah, um, yeah, some people think of it as a Christmas movie with their tongue in their cheek, but I, I say no, fairly clearly. It's got no Father Christmas or anything like that in it, but does it need it? No, no, no not necessary. But yeah, <laughs> it's my number two. Nice. And what is your number one? Are we doing honorable mentions? For this oh one? yeah, sure, honorable mentions. Yeah, sure. I've got a few. Okay. Uh, I'm interested to hear what your number one is now. <laughs> Well, I've got uh, Batman Returns. Okay, yep, definitely. Yep. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yep, yep. Trading Almost Places. Almost made my list. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if that would be on there. Yeah. Trading Places, which was same set at Christmas time. And he actually wears a Christmas, a Santa suit, sorry, when yeah, he goes right. into the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. It's like stuffing food in his Santa suit. Um, that was pretty much Eddie Murphy's breakout film role, wasn't it? He, yeah, he was fresh was. from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, I think him it was. And, and Dan Aykroyd, they were the Saturday, Saturday Night Live alumni yeah. who headed up that film. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Lethal Weapon, which is, you know, similar, yeah, I guess, to Die Hard. But, mm. uh, oh, Plans, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there was Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like, it ends that. at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, those are all pretty much mine and I like I mentioned Long Kiss Goodnight before because I almost had it on my, I originally yeah. had it actually on my list I've never um, seen it oh what yeah I'm gonna what? watch it no way it's, it's still watchable I, I actually rewatched it? Yeah. it to remind myself whether or not I should put it on my list because um, that was probably the one uh, besides Gremlins it's the one I'd not seen for the longest time yeah and uh, yeah I mean it definitely opens as a Christmas sort of with a Christmas theme yeah. and, yeah, it's. I don't know why. It's one of those ones like I can't even say why I haven't. It's seen good. It, it's know? a really good movie. But yeah, go yeah. and check it out. And then Samuel I think, Al and Gina. Yeah, yeah, mm. Gina Davis. She's a good action hero. Heroine. Yeah. Uh, what did I see her on? Lately? I think I just totally forgot about it until actually I saw her a couple of times when I was looking up stuff for, for this. But. I saw her on something lately, and she was looking. Yeah, she was I haven't, a I haven't seen her someone. anything for a long time. What the heck did I just see her on? I can't remember <laughs> now. Oh man, it's gonna drive me crazy. She was a, like a kind of like a challenging. Mother to oh, wasn't Ava? Was it? Have you seen Ava? Ava, it was yeah. Ava. Yeah, 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 it was too. Yeah, sorry, I lied. I have seen. I seen. I saw that. So, I have seen it recently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you saw Ava? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. decent. Yeah, I liked it. I quite liked it. Mm. Yeah, and Gina Davis was good in it. She was. <clears throat> it was good to see her pop up, and because yeah. I hadn't seen it for a while, it was quite a. I was taken aback a little bit because she looked, you know, a bit older, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, she's 64, so, hey. Okay, so, yeah, so that was, so, wait, so that's our honorable mentions. Yep. Yeah, I was going to have Edward Scissorhands on there, Long Kiss Goodnight, 
Yeah, definitely go and see it. Yeah, um, I have to watch it. Everything that you said, that's pretty much my honorable mentions, I'm going to say. Uh, Bad Santa. Oh, yeah. It was um, on my Bad honorable mentions. Got to watch that. <clears throat> I mean, that's pretty, that's more overtly a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it was fun. Mm. I went for the ones that were less overtly a Christmas movie, although my number one is more overt, but still <laughs> one of those ones that is sort of edgy Christmas movie, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it won't be surprising when I say it. I think I know what it might be. Yeah. Well, when I say it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So what is your number one? You ready? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you picked it. Welcome to Los Angeles. Have a very Merry Christmas. So are you lady live out here? About the past six months. Why'd you go with her, man? What's up? Because I'm a New York cop. Can't just pick up and go that easy. John, I missed you. or be carried out but have no illusions we are in charge think damn it think we've got a fire alarm i thought i told all of you i want radio silence sorry i didn't get that message mayday terrorists have seized the nakatomi plaza this channel is reserved for emergency calls only do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza Possible crank call. Check the area confirmed. No signs of disturbance, dispatch. Welcome to the party, pal! Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee guy. You hang in there. Mount to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Okay, Die Hard. <laughs> die Hard is my man. number one. I felt like uh, this kind of list, like for me, that that's yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of the epitome of a alternative Christmas movie for me. You know what? It's not a big dumb action movie either. It actually yeah. is like critically and commercially, it was very successful. It did, yeah, yep. yeah. Like it was. Uh, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I was. I'm not that I. I never really thought about it, but uh, I was. I was kind of surprised to see that it did so well critically, just because mm-hmm. I think of it as a. You know, big action movie, and yep. I liked it. But you know, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's it's got everything you need. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and we already talked about it. But I think uh, Clint Eastwood was also slated to play John McClane. There's actually a host of names that we could have wow. faces that we could have seen as John McClane, um, besides Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I read that he actually owned the rights to the book, to the novel. Who, who did? Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? So maybe he wasn't going to act in it. Maybe he was just, maybe he's thinking of directing it because this was ah. in his sort of, when he was starting to direct. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps, perhaps that's what, it's probably on one of my pages here. If I've... Yeah, we got, um, you know, the scene where Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman meet up? Yes. That was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity between really? the two actors. Yeah. Huh. I really like Alan Rickman. That's interesting. I was yeah. so gutted when he passed away. I know. And that horrible year for celebrity deaths, 2016. Yeah, yeah. Prince, Leonard Cohen, it was just crazy. George Michael, yeah, and on and on and on. That was David Bowie as well. Harry Fisher, David Bowie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, sad, yeah, 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, so these are all the actors that were... Considered? They had A-listers that they had for, like, doing what we talked about um, Quentin Tarantino not doing, or they were, they were lining up all the A-listers first. Yeah. You know, and... Um, so Sylvester Stallone Harrison Ford Robert De Niro Charles Bronson Nick Nolte Mel Gibson Richard Gere Don Johnson Burt Reynolds and even MacGyver Richard Dean Anderson they wow. were all sort of lined up and considered for the role but they all declined it oh, they all declined as rumour has it they all declined it yeah wow I don't know if you can lock that that rumour in cement but as rumour has it they all declined it wow yeah because when Die Hard came around Bruce Willis was more of a comedic actor he wasn't uh, an action hero at all in the slightest he'd been yeah. on Moonlighting the TV series yeah, um, yeah you know I think he was a bit of a musician as well so it wasn't really but then since then that's kind of all he's almost that's all mostly, he's done yeah. that's pretty much mostly all he's done yeah he was uh, shooting Moonlighting at the time apparently right like still shooting it so, so yeah so when they when they did you know cave and and just go oh yeah okay Bruce Willis you'll do <laughs> they didn't you'll even, do. they didn't use him or they rarely used them or used them sparingly on the promotional posters. 
mm. most of the promotional posters were of Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of their building. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as as it came out and I started using them a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, so there we go. Alan Rickman nearly passed up the role of Hans Gruber, uh, which ended up being his first film role. Huh. He had only arrived in Hollywood two days earlier and was, a, was appalled by the idea of his first role being the villain of an action film. Really? <laughs> to a degree, Rickman was right to be concerned considering his performance as, as Hans Gruber was so hailed that the actor had to struggle being typecast as the player of, of, of villains for much of his career. Hmm. Interesting. Because wow. he was so good as his first, yeah, yeah. His first role. Up. I didn't know that was his first role. Like his first Hollywood role or? Must be first movie role. Wow. By the sounds of it. Okay. That's a... Yeah, it's been a little bit of a late start, like not ridiculously, but not because that came after Sam Neill turned it down. All oh, right. Yeah. So Sam Neill turned down the part of he Hans Gruber. It down as well. Yep. But he turned down the part of Hans Gruber, and then the director saw Alan Rickman uh, on a stage performance of Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, okay. And then approached him. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, the German that the terrorists speak is sometimes grammatically incorrect. In the German version of the film, the terrorists are not from Germany, really, <laughs> but from Europe. <laughs> oh. This has been fixed for the special edition VHS <laughs> and later home video releases. What are they speaking in the German I don't know. version? <laughs> the only instances of incorrect use of German are Alan Rickman's Hans Gruber lines. I guess because it's dub, dubbed over. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they speak correct German. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't speak German? I, I don't, don't know. know. They just... So it's just German all the way through? Yeah, that's weird. Mm. Okay. That's funny. Yeah, Die Hard was made for $28 million and it that was its production budget. Uh, worldwide, it brought in $139,434,000. So, um, mm. yeah, it did good. Good, good, good problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a f- relatively slim budget, considering. Because yeah. they didn't have to spend as much on... I think Bruce Willis got $5 million, which was a decent payday for an actor back then. Yeah. Um, Die Hard 2 had a much bigger budget, 70 million, but it also did well at the box office. It took it back in and grossed 239 million, 814. So, yeah, so almost 240 million there. And then Die Hard with a Vengeance, the budgets just kept going up, 90 million, but it grossed 366 million. So they kept doing, even mm, though like, Die, the first one was obviously the better one, yeah. um, you know, but they kept doing okay so people kept going back to it and even the third one was good too with uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, the third one actually was I thought was better than the second one yeah yeah. Um, and then the fourth one Live Free or Die Hard 382 it brought in and then A Good Day to Die Hard 304 so so it just it was consistent consistently successful the whole franchise um, yeah whole franchise so good franchise yeah yeah yeah. so it's a good franchise alright what's your number one my number one is here we go So my number one is not really a surprise to those that might know me. In our house, we have our Elf on the Shelf. And with our Elf on the Shelf, we have an Elf on the Shelf mate. And they are both the same size. A a friend, um, do you call it crocheting or knitting? I don't know. You're making little dolls. I think it's crochet. That one's crochet. That'd be a crochet, yeah, cool. I apologize for my ignorance on that. Um, But (laughs) And it's got the wires through it. But basically... Uh, it's the size of an of the elf on the shelf, and so they get to hang out together. And it is a Jack Skellington. And so my number one is Nightmare Before Christmas. Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go. To a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! Whoa! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is there. What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers 
and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Um, the Tim Burton produced Nightmare Before Christmas. So the debate is, is this a Christmas movie or is this a Halloween movie? <laughs> um, well, it's both. It captures a spirit of it's in the title. both holidays equally. Yeah, it's in the title. But um, it, it's um, Dex Gallington is a protagonist. But it, you see, it's not a traditional Christmas movie. And it's dark. It's, it's, um, it's a little bit gritty. It's not scary, but it's, it's still dark themed and it's stop motion animation. Uh, which Harry Selleck is a king of, if you think of, um, I said Harry, sorry, I meant to say Henry, my mistake. Henry Selleck is, um, he, he directed it based on a poem written by Tim Burton back in 1982, and then 10 years later they made Nightmare Before Christmas together. And so um, Selleck is, you might recognize his work from Car uh, Coraline, and mm. also James and the Giant Peach. So he really is a stop motion king. Um, this was a critical and commercial success, 91 million at the box office. And retrospective reviews have only gotten more positive, which doesn't always happen often when people reflect on the movie. You know, mm, it, yeah. it, you know sort of the, the sentimental sentimentality of it all sort of wanes when they go back to rewatch it. But the critics are still raving about it so the visual effects the storytelling voice acting the music it's now rightfully considered a classic and it was even nominated for an academy award for visual effects which was a first for an animated film so yeah so it's just one of my favorite movies actually we, we watch it every christmas usually christmas eve or christmas eve eve as a family we'll get some treats and we'll we'll watch it I don't know if the kids are getting tired of it, but they're fans of. I think they're fans of it as well. They actually like that. They they love Corpse Bride as well, and um, yeah, Coraline, Nine. They love all those sort of dark animations for some reason. Um, I guess just influenced by their parents. But yeah, we're <laughs> definitely. I think I might be leaning on a Jack Skellington pillow or something too. Actually, We've got a cushion around here somewhere with it. So yeah, we're definitely fans of it. So I couldn't I couldn't skip over it, and um, that is definitely my number one. But a few uh, points of trivia on it. The film's songs were actually written before the script was. Wow. Um, the original poem that I said it was based on originally just had three characters. Um, what else can I say about it? This was Henry Selleck's directorial debut. And yeah, and originally it was pitched to Disney when Tim Burton was working for Disney um, back in 1983, but they gave him the thumbs down. So yeah, 10 years later and it's become one of the most classic films, Christmas films of all time. Yep, so that's me. Wow. That's my number one is Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you seen it? Um, that was what I guessed was your number one. Yeah. And I looked up there and saw your Jack Skellington. And <laughs> uh, you're probably going to hate me, but I've never seen it. Well, man, I don't hate you for it. <laughs> that's all right. It's probably might not be your type of thing, but do you like Coraline? And, or I haven't seen Coraline either. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. Have you seen James? I have and seen the... James and the Giant okay, Peach. Okay, do yeah. you enjoy that sort of thing? Um, <clears throat> I didn't mind James. Oh, you're yeah, just drop my laptop <laughs> floor. It's okay. I didn't it's mind dirty. James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think I should go and watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. I feel like it's something I missed out on when I was a kid. Right, right. And now I've, I just got to see it sometime. <laughs> just to say you've seen it. I mean, you did that. You said you went and watched 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's one of those. You, you, you know, you, there's some films that you've got to go like, look, it's considered a classic. The the critics, you know, give yeah. it a thumbs up. Got to watch it. You know, there's not a whole lot of disparity when you look at, say, if you look on a Rotten Tomato site or mm. IMBD site and you look at, say, audience reviews versus um, professional critics reviews, there's almost no disparity between how highly it's regarded. Yeah, and yeah. so that tells you that it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, whether it's your thing or not, that's to be seen mm. um, literally so yeah uh, but yeah go and watch it I recommend I recommend it yeah. I don't want to pump it up too much obviously because <laughs> things, but no, no, yeah, we might just, watch it with the kids this year yeah it, it, do they Christmas. like that sort of thing do they have they seen Coraline or I don't think they've seen Coraline uh, yeah our kids like I'm not sure so our kids were scared but who's down here who's our kids down here come in come in for a sec so Aslan so here's my son Aslan. So Aslan eat, eating some KFC. Um, 
At what time of night it is? At 37, <laughs> you're eating some KFC. He's a grown boy, he's a teenager, he's 14. But remember when we watched Coraline and remember when you cried yourself to sleep then? Yeah. I'm just kidding, you didn't cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> but the kids were wary of it. They kind of didn't want to watch it again. Yeah. Right? But then you give it a few months and they're like, oh, can we watch Coraline? Yeah, but last time you not Yeah, so it's one of those movies and then now we've, we've had it on repeated viewing now. Mm. Like, it's one of those films and same with Nightmare Before Christmas that you can put on. Do, do you agree, son? At first, you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to watch that again. Oh, no, that's a bit too, you know. But then eventually you sort of just, I don't know, there's something enticing about it that you keep yeah. going back to it. It causes you to keep going back to it. So he's, he's got food in his mouth, so he's not talking. I'm trying to get him to converse with me over the mic, but that's right, son. Go back and hang with your cousins. Did you say right? nine as well as nine? Why don't you bump the... Get out of here, that's my drink. Get a drink from the fridge, talk. All right. Oh, nine's not stop motion, but, you know, like that sort of dark... Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I have I have seen that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that, was, that was good. I mean, Nightmare is different. Like it's the yeah. nine, but I'm just talking about like the sort of dark animation. It's got that same kind of feeling. No, with everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not stop motion, but yeah. Yeah, no. But even the animation is kind of different mm. as well. It's more yeah. like real. Like they got the zips and all the yeah. Oh, you mean on nine? Yeah, on nine. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. But I'm talking about yeah. So those sort of dark, sort of um, moody yeah animations yeah uh that are not your typical sort of disney bright colorful no rainbow no. you know spectrum yeah animations and uh and so yeah but I, I just absolutely love it and it's it's an iconic movie and the characters have become iconic i will say where if you watch it um even though jack skellington has become like the cool character and he was considered the protagonist to me sally sally was the the real hero. Oh yeah. Um, so look out for her role that she plays, and you'll know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. That's Merry our Christmas. favorite five Christmas movies. That are alternative Christmas movies, not really considered Christmas movies, but they could be argued to be Christmas movies. I don't know how I'm going to title this. <laughs> Just less Christmassy Christmas movies or something like that. But um, Let's be like Christmas movies. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> sort of <laughs> Christmas <mark>. movies. <laughs> Um, or just Christmas name. movies with a question mark. Christmas movies? Question mark? Yeah. Christmas like, movies? Uh, what's his name? A bit of that inflection. Rumberg Christmas movies? Christmas movies? Christmas movies? <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, that's us. Christmas movies. My name is Nate Hammond. This is Tonic Pop. And we've been conversing with St. Luke Ormsby. Ooh. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Murder cracker. <laughs> 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 Ho, ho, ho. How would you even reply? Oh, what, what, how, do, what, how do the Mormons do it in Utah when they replace the, uh, on their TV when they, <laughs> do they just, you know, have you seen those, um, you can get those movies that have had all those swear words taken out of them or taken replaced. Out of it? Yeah, replaced or, or taken out. The replacement ones are the funniest. <laughs> yeah. Ho, 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 mother flipper. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Mother flipper. <laughs> mother flipper. Look after yourselves, look after your mothers, look after each other on the roads if you're traveling. Merry Christmas, everyone. And a happy new year. And a happy new year. Cheer up, Brian. You know what they say? Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Aye. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the right side of life. 
for life is quite absurd and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath Life's a piece of shit when you look at it Life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go Just remember that the last laugh is on you And always look up I never made that money back. Oh, 